I want to ask three brothers who are church planting right now in difficult locations culturally, doing what Dr. Garner was talking about a while ago. If they would come up for the next few minutes, Matt Bradley and J.C. Cunningham and Kevin Phipps. You guys in the room? There's Matt, J.C., where's Kevin? Matt is in Nashville area. Matt, grab that microphone right there. Walk us through some of the particular challenges of a reformed ministry in Nashville. I want you brothers to hear this because when you think about what are the real pressure points in worship and establishing worship, Matt's doing this in the world capital of music. How does that affect worship planning and what you're doing? That's a great question. We're not given the questions in advance. So, <laughs> um, well, there's obviously the cultural expectation, uh, and there are a lot of churches in Nashville that are happy to, uh, to, to structure their worship in a way that's uh, very culturally comfortable for the folks who are there. Uh, a lot of, especially the larger churches there that have more visibility are, are full of the, the people that you listen to on the radio all the time. Uh, and in Nashville, I tell people the stars aren't the guys and girls who are actually on the screen. They're the people who write the, the music in Nashville. Those are the guys and girls who are famous that everybody uh, wants to be around. And so uh, to, to come in with simple worship that's historic and reformed, uh, that's biblical, and uh, which seeks to honor God and, and make God and Christ and the gospel the center of the service, is something that's profoundly countercultural in Nashville. In terms of what you're doing right now, what state are you at in the church plant? What are your ministry needs? Would you be willing to come and talk to present to churches? Do you need that kind of help in terms of finance, prayer, partnership? Sure. We, uh, we started our weekly worship uh, the last Sunday of November and are worshiping uh, in the facilities that we've worked with uh, together with a local Bible church. We're meeting on Sunday afternoons at 430 and uh, we're, we're profoundly encouraged in a lot of different ways. Uh, we've got a really strong core group. That's how this particular work was started. A, uh, a group of five families living in the heart of Brentwood. Uh, there are no Reformed or Presbyterian churches, uh, not of the evangelical stripe. If I can use that word after Dave Garner's... Uh, um, are, are, there are no such churches in Brentwood, and so uh, they, they came, all of them attending PC churches around the Nashville area and Franklin area. And, uh, and asked me if I would lead that. And so, though I'm by myself as a minister in the work, these families have been uh, just incredibly faithful and hardworking. And, um, and so, we're encouraged in a lot of different ways. And uh, we are, uh, we've got probably uh, 50 or so in worship regularly from week to week. One of our biggest logistical challenges right now is space. Uh, we would very much like to be worshiping on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and have someplace long-term. The Bible church we're at, uh, we've got a very good relationship with them, but they, uh, they are eager to see us move on to other space. Uh, they, they like to turn over church plants quickly. They want to help you get started and move on. And so uh, if you would be praying for us, or if anyone here knows somebody in Brentwood, Tennessee, who has space, then, uh, then by all means, let me know about that. Financially, we're actually, we are fundraising right now. Uh, we are um, 
we're, we're already within the congregation, we were at about two-thirds self-supporting. So we're, we're trying to raise that last third of our annual budget. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, to talk to or on the phone or by email or travel to uh, any church who would like to know more about the work and how they can support us in that work. One of the reasons why I asked this, why Dr. Payne asked this this morning is, if you're new to Twin Lakes, what we try to do every year is we try to put together churches and men who are worthy of support and offer them to you and encourage you to take these men back to your churches, your mission committees, recommend them. These are guys who we bring before you who are ordinary means of grace guys, guys who you'd be delighted to have in your congregation, in your presbytery. So we strongly commend them to you. If you'd hand the microphone to JC, our, our congregation actually supports JC. You want to get one last word? I just want to get one last word. Okay. And it, it follows up on what you just said, which is when those families came to me and asked me if I would be willing to lead that church, I took this booklet from last year's Twin Lakes, and I pointed them to the vision in the back, and I said, that's, that's how I want to minister. That's what I value. That's the direction I would be headed if, if you wanted me to lead the work. And they read it and were thrilled. Uh, and so th- that's the kind of core group I've got and, and why I'm so encouraged and excited about the work. Right on. JC is a church planner who we actually support at Woodruff Road, who's in South Florida. And uh, JC, talk to folks about your evangelistic strategy, what you're doing in terms of evangelism as a part of church planning. So first of all, thank you. And Thank uh, the brothers and sisters at Woodruff Road who support us, and um, it's a joy to be here. Uh, concerning your question, concerning evangelism, I would say the primary means why we, as far as evangelism, is just simply through the preaching of the word, and um, and we go about doing that. And as far as trying to get people uh, through the relationships that the Lord has already sovereignly placed our people in, we uh, we only started with our core group was uh, uh, basically those who I love the most, and that was my family. And then we had one other guy, and it basically, we, what we basically did in the very beginning is study the scriptures together, so we invited our friends and those in our neighborhood to come and join us. And then, slowly but surely, the Lord kept bringing people, and eventually we started our evening worship two years ago. We then added our morning service last year, and we've been worshiping in a Jewish temple ever since. And so it's been very unique as far as the evangelistic opportunities. I was approached by the rabbi a couple weeks ago and said, I heard that you denied the opportunity to join us for our annual ecumenical worship service. I mean, I received a yes from the the Roman Catholic priest, from the... uh, the leaders in Islam and the leaders from all of these other churches, but you were the only one who said no. And so I'd be, I, I want to know, would you be willing to sit down with me, explain why it is that you were unwilling to do that? And so anyway, there's a wonderful opportunity that I'm hoping that the Lord has this man being basically like the blind uh, Nicodemus there in John chapter 3 that will come to faith. Um, sadly, there are a number of those who are in churches who are not being fed the gospel. Um, and our, and our, I, I recently had a guy visit our church who said, I've traveled to 15 churches in this city and their surrounding cities, and I'm just so tired of the fog machines and the fluffy messages and the prosperity gospel that's being preached. And so I, I'm so thankful to be in a church that just preaches and unashamedly declares Christ and him crucified. 
And so it's our delight to do that. And at the same point, we also not only emphasize the preaching and the Lord's Day observance, but also we also press and push and encourage uh, hospitality. So in God's providence, last year, the session approved hiring a pastoral assistant, which was basically my Timothy, in which he, like me, we just love the Lord, love, uh, love the worship of God, and want Christ to be worshiped by more. And so basically what he and I do on a regular basis is whoever comes in our doors, we make sure that they're in our houses within a, a, a shortest span as possible. And also, we also are looking out to those who, who he works with, because he's working full-time out in the community, but also just those who we come in contact. So recently, I, uh, my son, my, actually two of my sons started T-ball for the first time, and I showed up, and they asked me would I be willing to do be an assistant coach, and reluctantly I said yes. But anyway, thankfully, through just that, I've uh, got to know the T-ball coach, and now he started attending our church. And so things like that where you're not really trying to be evangelistic, but the Lord throws it on your lap, it seemed to work very well. We have tried to do evangelism. We've tried door-to-door. We've tried Starbucks. We've tried basically anything you can think about. But what's been humbling for me as a pastor is that out of all the reaching out that I've done, um, I've basically seen very little fruit. Not to discourage you. But what has been sweet, though, is that the other members in our church who have been doing evangelism, I've seen them have much fruit. So it basically is a humbling lesson and a reminder to me that I'm not growing the church. Yes, I'm used by the Lord, uh, thankfully, but ultimately it's Christ who grows our church. And it was funny, we we recently had the greatest amount of visitors visit our church. We had three families showed up, which was comprised of about 19 visitors on one Sunday. And when you have a total of 44 members, that's pretty exciting. So they showed up, but it was a Sunday that I was preaching at another church. (laughs) And so I said to the Lord, Lord, did you forget that I'm preaching at another church? And I, of course, I was joking, but I realized I'm not doing this. This is the Lord's work. If this is going to work, if this is going to be established, if this is going to flourish, it's got to be the Lord who does it. And um, anyway, I'm thankful for the Lord who's been doing that. We, um, we've had, we only have 44 members, which I guess in Scotland, that's a mega church. But uh, in Port St. Lucie, it's not exactly a mega church. But anyway, what I am thankful for is that we have, out of those 44 members, 12 of them, uh, we baptized. And so a lot of new, uh, new followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the same point, no one who has come to our church that I can really recall this moment was a Presbyterian or at least grew up being Presbyterian. No one was used, no, not a single one of them had ever really been a part of an evening service. So to lead these people, not just to come to Christ, but to teach them about the joy of the Lord, the joy of worshiping the Lord, and the, the glory, the fact that we're going to be worshiping King Jesus now and throughout all eternity has been a great privilege and, and super sweet to see the Lord work uh, here in Port St. Lucie. Let me ask you all, uh, one question each for either Matt or JC. Questions about the specific environment, where they are, Nashville, South Florida, questions to them personally, family, uh, ministry model, any questions for them? This is your shot. Yes. Sure. 
uh, I, you know, simple as it sounds, is just to be present. Um, you know, one of the, the things, and this is maybe too particular to be helpful to you as an answer, but I was an Army officer for a while, and the Army uh, officers' wives uh, often get caught up in, in wearing their husband's rank and being expected uh, to, to act as though they were enlisted as well. And so one of the things that uh, agreements that my wife and I had when I was in the Army was you, you're not the one that signed up. Uh, and that doesn't work in the church, unfortunately. Um, yeah, sometimes it, it, there's a, a lot uh, that, that falls on her. But, um, but I think that uh, the, the, the biggest thing is just for her to be present there uh, and to be uh, looking for opportunities to minister where they, they arise. In a church work that's this new and, uh, and this, this small, uh, the opportunities to minister are far more, if I can use a, an overburdened word, organic. Um, it's just knowing the people there, and you will know what the ministry opportunities are, and you engage when you see them, as opposed to assuming that somebody else is going to, to engage. So, JC? You know, I was asked that very same question when I went to MA for assessment, and my answer was essentially she, her main job is going to train our children in the ways of the Lord, which, of course... tell everybody who your wife is. Alohalani. Yeah, and, I just um, had to get that in. Yeah. Anyway, I love Aloha. Yeah, and um, yes, that means hello, goodbye. But if you mean the full name, Alohalani means love from heaven, and that's exactly what she is. And she's not even here to act like I'm trying to uh, you know, win points. But, but anyway, to answer the question, um, originally I thought that that's just what she was going to do, and certainly that is what she's going to do. But when you're a church plant and you got nobody, she does end up wearing a ton of hats. And I'd say the big, not so much, she doesn't preach the word, teach the word, those kind of things, but she did play a vital role concerning hospitality. That woman has made more meals than I can even even think to count about. But at the same point, another thing we did is after our morning service, which really helped to cultivate fellowship, is we have a weekly fellowship meal right after the evening or the morning service. And so when we first started, it was new for everybody to think about having a regular scheduled lunch with God's people. And so she basically did most of the cooking. And there'd be times in which Saturday night, she's making three, four, five meals to feed you know, 30, 40 people all by herself because she didn't have any help. So it was one of those ways that she didn't get patted on the back. No one saw what she did, but she fed a ton of bodies. And because of that, it really fostered fellowship. And at the same point, it encouraged those not only to stick around and join a church, but a lot of people stuck around and joined our evening service and our prayer meeting because of her sacrifice to make all the food. So that was a huge thing. But of course, she you know, did the bulletins. She would, you know, help write newsletters. She would send out weekly email. If I listed the thing, it would, um, she would definitely need a pay raise. Um, but anyway, again, brothers, we want to commend these men to you for your support, for your prayer, for your encouragement, grab them, invite them to come speak to your church. Uh, these are men who you would do well to support.